Welcome back to New Rockstars. I'm Eric Voss, and this is Rick Explained, the show where we Rick Explain the hidden agenda behind each episode of Rick and Morty. Because if it's one thing Rick and Morty fans love, it's a new way to explain to their friends what it's all really about. Now, a reminder to subscribe to the Rick Explained podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll have access to the official Rick and Morty after show of New Rockstars. As we wait for season four to come out, we're looking at one standout episode from each season. For season two, the episode that encapsulates the overall themes the best is autoerotic assimilation. The episode in which Rick reconnects with an old flame, a hive mind named Unity, and ends the episode with a bleak suicide attempt. Now I'm gonna sit down with the writer of this episode, Ryan Ridley, in a few minutes, but first let's look at autoerotic assimilation's three acts to explore its deeper metaphor. I believe that Unity actually represents Rick and Morty co-creators Dan Harmon's past sitcom, Community. Community was Dan Harmon's sitcom on NBC about a study group at a community college. It was known for subverting the traditional sitcom formula with genre-bending episodes and fantasy escapades, one of the best shows on TV during that era. Community got a huge reference in this Rick and Morty episode. Rick uses Unity's hive mind to play God with a TV show, ordering that all the characters make one of the blonde one and then do it on the table. It's referring to Britta of Community and when she and Jeff banged on the study group table. Rick cancels the show, then puts it back on, then cancels it again, all of which did happen with Community, and we actually see a version of the Community cast on the TV. But like Rick with Unity, Dan Harmon has also spoken about his unhealthy obsession with working on the show Community, a show that he was fired from after its third season, but then later got a chance to return to it for its fifth season and sixth season on Yahoo screen. Act one of this episode reintroduces Rick to Unity and Rick faces the uncomfortable truth that many of us face, that often our exes are so much better off after they leave us. Since breaking up with Rick, Unity has assimilated an entire planet and achieved world peace. She's well on her way to her goal of assimilating the whole universe and becoming a god. But this goes even deeper than just a metaphor for breakups and the success of exes, in my opinion. In 2013, after Dan Harmon went through the breakup with Community, he said, on his Harmontown podcast that watching the new season that was made without him by new showrunners was like, quote, flipping through Instagram just watching your girlfriend blow everyone and seeing a friend like a photo of your ex-girlfriend with her new boyfriend on Facebook. And I shouldn't have to point this out, but uh, unity, community. Unity is community without the communication. What do you think I was gonna say? Act two features Rick hooking back up with his ex, having all kinds of reckless orgy sex with hundreds of redheads in a stadium packed with people who look like Rick's dad, and drug binges that lead to Unity nuking pieces of itself. This can be seen as the period Harmon returned to Community in 2014 for season five, and a sixth season that aired on Yahoo Screen in 2015, allowing Harmon and his fans to somewhat achieve the long clamored for six seasons in a movie. Autoerotic assimilation was written during that final season of Community, which is what made that meta joke of Rick playing God with the TV show so relevant. He says, Now cancel it! Okay, now put it back on! <laughs> Alright, I'm bored. We could see this as Harmon losing his passion in those later seasons of Community after he returned to it. And then Rick rants about his grandkids to Unity, saying, They just put you at the center of their life because you're powerful, and then because they put you there, they want you to be less powerful. Never gonna happen though, right? Never. The fact that the community actors get the punchline here proves it. This is Harmon himself airing his frustration about creating a world of characters for NBC and Sony with community just to have them fire him because they wanted control over him. And then finally, in the third act of the episode, Unity leaves Rick and he accepts the truth about his influence on her being toxic and that he needs to let go even if it means he will be alone in this world. And in one of the bleakest ever endings, Rick retires to the garage, assembles a suicide machine, and prepares to vaporize himself 
but passes out in despair at the last second. In the same way that Rick has to let go of a hive-minded populace of adorers, so did Harmon with the rabid community fanbase. And as he's discussed in interviews and on his podcast, that separation led him to further depression and self-destructive tendencies. In a live episode of Harmontown, the guy even joked about his hypothetical suicide note and how he would kill himself. I say, I say, everybody, you're off the hook, please. I'm so sorry for the mess. Like, I wish that I could have just jumped into a vaporizer or a sarlacc pit. I'm so sorry. Like, if you're, for those of you who found it and all this stuff, I'm so sorry. In general, season two is about Rick accepting his own toxic influence and removing himself to save those he loves. The season ends with him surrendering himself to the Galactic Federation as Nine Inch Nails Hurt plays. And while not as bleak as Suicide, it's pretty close. In linking that moment to the bleak ending of autoerotic assimilation, we see how influential past heartbreak was on that despair. But hey, that's just my explanation. How legit is it according to the insiders of Rick and Morty? Well, we have invited the writer who wrote this episode, Ryan Ridley, on the show to explain the secrets behind it right after this quick message from our sponsors. Hey everyone, Eric here. We at New Rockstars are overjoyed to finally be able to launch new exciting shows like Rick Explained. But really, the ones who are most to thank for helping us get this started are our patrons over at our Patreon. If you're looking for a way to help this channel grow and do even more new exciting projects, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. We have a ton of great bonus content, behind the scenes looks, as well as exclusive videos that we're just providing to our patrons to thank them. So if you want to join that inner circle and get the insider look, as well as be part of this channel's ongoing success, again, just check out our link in the description, patreon.com slash newrockstars. And we're back. Now joining this episode of Rick Explain to help us break down the season two episode, Autoerotic Assimilation, is the writer of that episode, Ryan Ridley. Thanks for coming back, Ryan. Thank you again for having me. And also joining this chat is our good friend and Rick and Morty super fan and uh, no stranger to all things autoerotic, Sam Basher. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> oh, you owned up to that too, too quickly. <laughs> well, Ryan, we were discussing the theory of the ways that the Unity episode might parallel Dan's experience and the other writer's experience working on Community because uh, you worked on Community as well before coming to Rick and Morty. And I'm curious, like, how did the Community reference in this episode come into the script and uh, how much do you think Dan's relationship with community and the community fan base influenced the writing on Rick and Morty? Well, can I just say, first of all, let's take a little time to acknowledge the, how good the title is. It's <laughs> no Rick pun, but Exactly, it's, then know. that's the very point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's like, does everything have to be a Rick or Morty pun? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a good title, you have a good title. Um, it's a, so, it's a title that like I can't say without smiling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's such a good sums it yeah. up perfectly. Yeah. Um, God, I wonder if there is some correlation between non-pun titles and the quality of the episode. Because yeah. Total Recall this is, a one. Total is a pun title. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Immediately defeats you. Yes. So I think that it's hard for a lot of creators to not get influenced by what fans are expecting or what they want and. There, there's a dangerous path you can go down of that, of just going like, I, I guess they want more of this popular character. And I, uh, I'm not a fan of indulging that. I say, they love these characters, so let's not give them more. Let's f go to the same well these characters came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, a different well, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, uh, I don't know. So I think um, season two is when the show became a hit, I guess, yeah. whatever you metric you measure that by. Like it was when suddenly it was like, oh, this isn't just another adult swim show that you know a bunch of goofballs are making. It was like people actually care about this and it's breaking through. 
into a higher plane and of awareness. And so I think that's when it started to affect us. Mm -hmm. I'll just say us. <laughs> um, and suddenly it was like, things became a little less re relaxed in the writing and suddenly mm -hmm. it was like, no, 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 this has to be amazing. This has to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Which I think with community, even though I can't speak to the first three seasons, certainly not the fourth season, but um, I, uh, I, I guess Dan was probably like that from the beginning because he mm -hmm. was like, this is my thing. This is mm -hmm. my legacy. This is how I'm going to prove to the world, you know, that I'm great. And, and he did with that show, obviously. And I don't know if Rick had, he treated Rick and Morty that way at first. I think mm -hmm. Rick and Morty was his friend Justin's show that, uh, you know, he was like, you know, hey, relax a little bit. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, Rick and Morty, let's face it, eclipsed community culturally. Yeah. And that was probably a, a difficult thing to get uh, for everyone, especially Dan, to get his head around. And did I say anything that could possibly insult anybody right now? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't okay, so. good. Um, so uh, the point <laughs> is, I think that, you know, it was, I guess, to answer the question, if I am, is it's just, it's, it's about how much you let anyone else besides you and your creative collaborators influence the direction you think a show should, should go. Some of the things that Rick gets to do with his ex-girlfriend, Unity, does feel like there's just a lot of specific random things. Like there's a moment where he wants to have an orgy with every redhead he can find mm. in a stadium filled with people who look like his dad. Yeah. Like, how much of this do, comes from like writers' like lives themselves? Is there any like, because I mean, Dan Harmon's ex-wife is a redhead, you know, like how much of this is yeah. like inside jokes with, with writers, if it's not Dan and Justin, other writers around the table? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, just, you know, the, what, what's chicken and the egg? It's why did Dan marry a redhead is the real question. Uh, <laughs> so um, the point is, yeah, a lot of that stuff gets, gets, gets seeped in there. I mean, I, I, I think I, I'm a narcissist. No, I'm not a narcissist. I, I just realized <laughs> I'm not a narcissist. It's one of these things we throw around like genius. Like, let's sure, stop yeah. throwing this around willy-nilly. These are reserved for a, a small <laughs> break few. break the glass on But I, I, I'm, so, I'm self-involved, you know, like anyone. So take this with a grain of salt. I, rem I think I remember pitching this idea. How do you combine the big Star Trek level episodes? It's obviously no uh, secret that they're very, it's very Borg inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, with like a really grounded like episode of like a Showtime show about like you know uh, Californication like dysfunctional mm -hmm. <laughs> sexual you know narcissistic relationships yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff. so I was like you know we've all had those kind of well we've all had f***ed up relationships of yeah. course and some people more than others and I assume Rick is going to have the most f***ed up relationships because he's an alcoholic insane narcissistic genius and so I thought about the idea of, you know, the classic thing of your ex, you tried to kind of keep your thumb on, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you were happy that they were lower status than you and, and that made you feel better about yourself. But then what happens if you run into them later and they're as successful, if not more successful or higher status or equal status or whatever yeah. to you, and you're going to start to, and not only is it whatever the chemistry that brings you two together and the d dysfunction that brings you two together, but I think Rick, you know, is fun to like play with the idea of Rick wanting to bring her down a few pegs yeah. I and mean, fun in a dark way. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's on her way to becoming a God. She says, yeah, like she wants yeah. to assimilate as much to the universe as she can. And that's exactly what Rick wants is he wants to be God of he his own. He sees himself that yeah. way and states it. Now, when you were writing this episode, did you, uh, were you ever worried about how Rick's suicide attempt might play out or, or how it would be, <laughs> <laughs> might respond to it? Uh, 
No. I mean, I, mean, I, I think at that point, especially, it was a natural extension of a lot. I mean, you know, season one ended with, I'm in great pain, please help me, mm -hmm. revealed to be his catchphrase. Mm -hmm. So it's no surprise that he was in great pain. And eventually, you know, if you don't have help, you're going to maybe mm -hmm. go the other way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess the, maybe the audience was... I don't know. Was that was it? Was the perception that that was like holy shit? I can't. I being being on the other side of things, I never really thought about. It. I just like this makes sense to me. But I think that taking a step back stylistically, I think I remember it, Matt Roller, who's a writer in season two, pitched sort of like let's do like a Breaking Bad style ending. Mm. You know, what are these or whatever? That's another way of saying peak TV style, mm -hmm. Mad Menny dramatic endings. And so I think that was kind of the meta context for doing mm -hmm. that. And I, you know, and it also makes sense. It wasn't arbitrary. It was like, yes, he would probably maybe drunkenly try to kill himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. With that, do you see Rick's character at any 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 point in the 50 years of the show going to go on, or however long, uh, him becoming mentally healthy, or is we just going to be seeing a constant downward spiral for his character? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly don't know. I'm not involved in the current season, so I don't know what trajectory they've decided to turn. You know, maybe the most interesting, ironic thing in the world would be season four or five, whatever, is Rick, Happy Rick. I mean, I'm a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and my favorite season was season six when they were like, let's just make everybody in the show f***ed up in season six. And Buffy's f***ed up, and she's, she's having a fling with Spike, who was like her enemy in the first, whatever, two or three, four seasons. And so that was such a great departure. So maybe the most interesting departure for Rick was that he gets healthy one season. It, hopefully it'd still be funny and interesting. Because, <laughs> you know, the danger is like just being dark for dark's sake and just, you know, not having the characters evolve and grow. You know, I mean, I, you know, there are certain shows that shall go, go uh, remain nameless that, uh, you know, you're like, well, just because you're animated doesn't mean you have to stay the same for 30 years mm -hmm. you know what if yeah. what if the two main characters were divorced what if yeah. the little baby that sucks on the pacifier suddenly just died <laughs> <laughs> come on you know switch it up yeah mm -hmm. yeah i guess after so long of doing it the same way it like then at that point you're committed to staying on that path you know like it'd feel like a betrayal unless they do want to end it which Things should end eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, all stories. Yeah, it's that's the difference. Like, a story is something that has whether it's a TV show or a book or a movie. Like, there's like this is it, and this is the you know, and the, that's the reason why TV show finales are often like dissatisfying because yeah. it's like always like, well, this wasn't really planned as this perfect sphere. It was mm -hmm. like so we're just like guess this is what would happen, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'd be I'd be curious how Rick and Morty continues to evolve. You know, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that makes like Rick and Morty unique is most TV shows are set up just to be repeatable, duplicatable for yeah. you know six seasons in a movie. And Rick and Morty is one that's like, no, these characters are on trajectories and they are going to change and there are consequences. Like when C-137 Rick and Morty come to the new dimension, like their graves stay there and it comes up in a later episode, another later episode where they have to dig themselves back up, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's interesting to see a show that like goes for broke every episode, but like has to deal with the consequences. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's cause it's a reflection of real life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, as much as that show is absurd, it's, you know, it on a deeper level beyond the cosmetics of the animation and the aliens and all that, it, it hopefully resonates as something that is relatable. Like I said, the, this episode, it's like, that's a relationship that I'm sure a lot of people have experienced. And yeah. I think 
specifically people involved in the show probably experienced. You know, I'm not saying that was however <laughs> I experienced anything, <laughs> but you know, you could take a kernel of of a feeling you've had and extrapolate it to a character and, and a scope as big as Rick. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, after Rick and Morty finishes, could you imagine, like, because Community, if this is an episode about Community, uh, it got its six seasons, but never got the movie uh, part of that. Do you, could you imagine a reunion movie for Community ever happening, based off of, like, what everyone has experienced from Rick and Morty and the things they've learned about how to run things and how not to run things? Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's definitely a question for Dan, and I assume everybody else from that show has gone on to you know a lot of success, and that that becomes increasingly harder and harder to probably manage and organize, mm -hmm. unless they you know just kind of went the the Yahoo screen route and just were <laughs> like, oh, we'll just take who we can get and kind of fill in the blanks. I mean, <laughs> the movie could be yeah. I mean, I don't know. It it, it I think that Dan writing that movie would be obviously fascinating for yeah. just just because he's you know would do it would be interesting and great. Um, it's just going to be Dan and Chevy, like yeah, Chevy's <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah, Dan is like he did like these great videos promoting the show before. I think that were like web videos of him as like a Greendale teacher or something like yeah. that. That were like web content, and I was like, yeah, but he just he's in universe. Sure, yeah, <laughs> he could just be that character, you know. <laughs> Well, great. Well, thanks so much, Ryan, for helping us break down uh, autoerotic assimilation. I can't say that that's <laughs> such a great title. Uh, it's been so great to have you here again. And uh, thanks again to Sam Basher for joining this conversation. Follow Sam on Twitter and Instagram at Sam Basher. Now, we will be back in uh, another episode to look at the season three episode of Rick and Morty, the Rick Lantis mix-up, a.k.a. Tales from the Citadel, the return of Evil Morty. Everyone loves this one. And uh, another reminder to subscribe to the Rick's Playing podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Rick and Morty season for is coming soon and when it does Rick Splained will turn into New Rockstar's official Rick and Morty after show with uh, all kinds of exciting guests that you're going to want to tune in for and inside looks to the episode information that you wouldn't otherwise get thank you for joining us and see you next time bye bye